0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the movers and shakers of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grow With Us is a podcast that highlights the work of In Tulsa and informs you about the exciting and innovative work being done around the city by its best and brightest. InTulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. This week, we're in conversation with Maria Kim, freelance copywriter and brand strategist at Act House, who will be chatting with me about brand strategies, changing industries, and entrepreneurial incubators in Tulsa's tech ecosystem. Maria, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's my second time ever on a podcast, so
0: Oh my happy gosh. To be here. What was the first one? Tell us about um,
1: it. My <laughs> friend Lavala um, runs a podcast called Generation Us. So um, I'm from D.C., and so when I went for a quick visit last year, he was bugging me to um, go on just because, first off, I haven't seen him in forever. Yeah. And in the DMV area, I actually spent nearly a decade working in the restaurant and bar industry. So he my just gosh. wanted me to come on and chat about restaurants and like just food and beverage all around d c and how much it's changed and so yeah. even though I was reluctant because I am never used to hearing myself recorded, <laughs> I just um you know said yes and had a ton of fun yeah. um and yeah,
0: that's what we're gonna do today is have fun great <laughs> and a conversation <laughs> and we're gonna learn some stuff. I'm already having fun perfect. <laughs> let's just get started by I'd love for you to kind of tell our listeners just uh, your story in whatever way you feel comfortable
1: i Grew up in the East Coast, born in Philly, raised in Maryland, but DC was home for a while. So even though I went to school for journalism, I got knee deep in the restaurant bar industry because I just fell in love with creating and um, be- just eating and drinking. Yeah,
0: yep.
1: <laughs> And so being able to uh, move up in the levels of hospitality was amazing, especially in DC, where like during that time it was so pivotal for um, the culinary growth. And to be honest, like I didn't see myself leaving that field until one day I just realized, man, I'm too young to be this tired. I had reached my dream job in this beautiful restaurant. Um, and we did well, you know, James Beard nominated, earned a Michelin star, but, um, it, but I realized, okay, let's take a step back and what are, what I really want to do. I wanted to travel and I wanted, um, I wanted, I wanted freedom and mobility. Right. So my older brother, who was already um doing that whole digital nomad journey, I reached out to him saying, like, bro, I want to do this. How can I like how can I um start? So he gave me some tools. And even though at face value during that time, like the I did the whole quit my job and move to South America thing and didn't tell a lot of people. So even though it seemed very impulsive at first, like I planned my moves. Like for a year, I was saving. And planning and reading and just making sure I was good before I made the move. And the scary part was, and you know, I had to just completely switch gears again. So just trying to remember, like anything I learned from school. Well, well I was oh, like I could use writing, so I pursued copywriting. Um, I spent about a year in almost a year in Colombia. What the plan was to travel a little bit more, but obviously COVID happened. But um, I still had a great time. Like I spent the first 3 months in Medellin just putting my head down, taking up any Udemy skill share, you know, courses in copywriting and marketing and branding, picked up any small time freelance project that I could. Um was able to snag a full-time position at an e-commerce company and then um began to travel more. So even though COVID hit and the I guess practical thing was to maybe go back to the States. That still did not make sense to me because, come on, the the U.S. was still going through it (laughs) during that time. So I figured, where else can I go? So I went to South Korea. My grandma had been back. I had missed her. So it was great to be near family and also in a country where they were handling everything pretty well. And then made my way to Turkey. It obviously got harder to travel. So, the Tulsa Remote program came into my midst. Wow,
0: (laughs) Turkey to Tulsa. I love it.
1: (laughs) It sounds crazy, but um, honestly, as much as I enjoyed traveling and I did most of it solo, what I really missed was community, right? So, when Tulsa Remote came around, um, I just applied for kicks and giggles. Like, oh, like, this is cute. Oklahoma, 10 grand sounds kind of nice, but the most attractive factor was their their promise of community and networking. I knew that I wanted to grow as a freelancer, as a writer to just um, grow in a professional setting. So when I came, when COVID made, made it harder to travel, I figured why not, if I wanted to pause for a little bit and plant my feet in the States, I wanted to do it with intention. So I came last January for a quick visit. And despite the pandemic, despite the cold, I had a really good time. That's awesome. (laughs) I met people at Tulsa Remote, 36 Degrees, figured, okay, like, I, if I moved here, I wanted to also go back to freelancing again and then challenge myself. The added pressure always makes me move a lot faster and harder. So quit my full-time position, moved here, began working at 36 every day, met amazing people. Now, almost a year later, I have decided to stay longer. Oh
0: yes these are like the, Ooh, the bells are like, ringing yeah. like uh, that's i think tulsa remote probably does like a, a, a ring the bell anytime like a remoter wants to right. say past their yeah. year. <laughs> or at least we should maybe yeah. maybe we'll throw that idea that's so exciting i mean you've had you've had a lot of experiences that i know i mean i'm i i have literally never been out of this country and that's probably the the thing i say on this podcast the most just because i talk to people that are like oh, i got to travel and it's like Honestly, like, I, I'm sure you value that experience. And like, you just told us that you, you have lots of different experiences, but it really is a, a nice way to get a fresh perspective. And uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, going back to South Korea was probably like a really uh, cool way to connect culturally, probably in, in the same time.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it has been almost um, like I, I haven't been back to South Korea ever since, like, I mean, since I was like an adult, right? It was yeah. my first time as an adult or barely (laughs) back in the country and it was also the first time um since i was a child where i could spend more than a few days with my grandmother who raised me and so the crazy thing was um you know you had to go through crazy logistical procedures Mm -hmm. to get in had to prove my lineage to my grandmother to stay with her had to um like download this like you know um, GPS tracking app to make sure I was indoors for two weeks quarantining with her. Yeah, <laughs> And during those two weeks, I my Korean probably got so much better and I probably gained about 10 pounds because my grandmother wouldn't let me not eat. But it was it was great. Obviously, the language barrier was tough, but um, it was necessary for me. And being in the country where I remembered it differently, but it was a great way to kind of like Ease my way back into what I really missed.
0: That's so cool. I mean, I, especially South Korea. Like, I'm a big K-pop fan, so like, <laughs> I, I will be honest. I've like dreamed about going to Korea someday.
1: I, I'm obviously biased, but I think South Korea is one of the most fun, interesting places to go. And I know that lately, um, like it has been put on the map. You mm-hmm. know, with film, music, food. But there's so much more past K-pop, not to knock on K-pop, but, you know, um, it's just, and I was able to spend a lot of time in in Itaewon, which is Mm -hmm. the more kind of, like, liberal, progressive, like, younger crowd who, you know, like, I remember Korea as being very, like, okay, let's, like, you know, um, do everything traditionally in terms of, like, work and facade but it was a bit more of like okay these are creatives like these were young creatives and entrepreneurs running like independent restaurants who also were artists and collaborating with each other and it was like super
0: dope to see that sounds cool i mean not to jump the gun but kind of sounds like tulsa a Mm. a little bit (laughs) what is your almost almost (laughs) i mean obviously there's some definitely cultural differences but like I think you don't necessarily have to compare those two experiences, but like, what is what has your experience in Tulsa been like? Have you obviously you're you're staying? We love yeah. that, but have you enjoyed it?
1: Of course, I'm. I kind of joke around to people saying, "Oh, like amongst my friends who have loved it here, I feel like we kind of drank the Kool Aid mm-hmm. <laughs> from TR." But in all honesty, um, I think coming in here with no expectations also just helped. Yeah. But I came with intention, right? Like. I was really proactive on the resources that Tulsa Remote and 36 Degrees provided, which was amazing. It has been shockingly easy. Actually, I'm going to take that back. It hasn't been shocking. (laughs) It's been very easy to assimilate (laughs) into this. But I think it's because I have been so used to, like, you know, in the last couple of years being in foreign countries where there are a lot of barriers into finding community and like growth but here it is true what they say about the midwest charm you know um I find that even in like the more professional settings here uh people are, like it's a lot more really relational versus transactional than I would see in like coastal cities yeah um even though I'm sure there is still a lot of uh of you know posturing but I'm constantly surprised by Tulsa like they're every like week or so I'm like oh like there's this restaurant or they're doing this thing. Like in terms of events, I I probably did too much in the first three months here, just saying yes to everything, trying to find, you know, my footing in like the social and networking setting. But by month four and five, I'm like, okay, I found my tribe, you know, been more selective on my time, which is very important. And then by month six, I'm like, ooh, like this feels good. I had a cadence and a stride. Um, was really leaning into like the work that I was doing and like getting getting momentum, and that was very energizing. So already by month six, I'm like, okay, I think my time here isn't done yet.
0: That's awesome. And at the whole in that throughout that entire process, were you still freelancing and and I trying was, to figure yeah. out how to how to freelance in a city that you had just moved to? I mean, it's, for sure. So cool. Um,
1: I was I was already working with a couple remote clients, which was great, but. There's a reason why I stay at 36 almost every day just to like um, meet with other local entrepreneurs or, you know, founders that are also aren't TR. Cause I know mm. that Tulsa Remote can be, I mean, I'm so thankful for that program, but it can, it can easy to get stuck in that bubble. Right. Mm. And I know that's not reality. So I wanted to just um, spend a little bit more time in Tulsa and like get to know the actual city, not just through the lens of the program. Yeah. So I was able to work with a couple of local businesses here, which is amazing. Um, and then I met uh, Dom, yeah. the, the CEO and founder of ActHouse. And as much as, there's this running joke that, cause I, right now I don't really see ActHouse as a client, but it's like the work that I love doing. Mm-hmm. But there's this running joke that I kind of still separate myself from like them, it's almost, cause I'm still a contractor. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, um, yeah, Tulsa has been like, and especially in the innovation ecosystem, very caught off guard with yeah. all of like like the growing and building here
0: that's so that's so good to hear just especially from someone that has like your your unique experiences and perspectives because i think that um i i get on here every every time I, we have an episode and talk about like what i think about tulsa but it really is just refreshing to hear that people experience this city in all of its different flavors uh, i think that there there was something here that had been building, that was just waiting for Maria to show up, and like, I know that that is like almost a cheesier, or even like um, fairy tale way to think about it, but like that is that's a lot of the the reason why the work is is being put in is to catch people that are going to give back, and I think that you're a really great example of like giving back, which we're going to end up talking about. That I'm really excited <laughs> <Thank> about. <you>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of in this. Thinking about your skills and and your experiences, you you work a lot with brands and companies understanding their brands. What would you say Tulsa's brand is?
1: I think Tulsa uh, it's like the perfect balance between like small town charm and big city energy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's we we probably that's probably something that people have heard grow with us listeners have heard before. And I think that. The only way we can add more to what that is, or kind of dissect what that means, is like the fact that you have access to people in a different way than a big city, but you have the space to not necessarily feel like you're in a, a one-bedroom apartment for eighteen hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. and like you could have a house
1: <laughs> for sure. I mean, especially um, like that point you had just made. Like I and I talk to people all the time about this, like. Being able to just ask someone for a coffee who is this industry leader, right? Mm -hmm. It would have been, it would have taken five more steps, you know, in a bigger city. I think people are a lot more generous with their resources and time here, which is amazing. I feel like that's where you feel like the support. But I I also know that it's a privilege. Like I came in here through TR and the connections that I've made through that program and people at 36. Like, man, like, because. I also want to remember, like this is not a normal experience mm-hmm. when pe- for other people coming into Tulsa, because I've also spoken to other locals who doesn't even know what 36 is, right, yeah. or what is kind of happening um, within the innovation ecosystem here.
0: Yeah, there's a tailored experience for for certain people in the city that I think needed to happen because it it almost was a way of showing the people that live here that we are building things that are going that have the potential to reach more than the people we're trying to attract here. Maria, tell me about this restaurant experience that you've kind of uh, alluded to earlier on. I think that something I'd like for you to kind of highlight here is just like what do you what do you feel like you learned from that those experiences that helped you in your professional career now?
1: A few key ones come immediately to mind, like interpersonal skills, along with um like adaptability and like being able to be nimble on your feet and like and being mindful, right? And learning also how to be gracious with people, but also standing your ground. Um I used to be very shy and being behind the bar, you had like you would get steamrolled if you had no voice so learning um the ins and outs of kind of like operations but also like uh, still selling right but in a very like curated storied way was extremely fun um like the i was able to open like three restaurants in dc i mean it started because it was great money right when I was nineteen, I worked at the Howard Theater, which was amazing. Shot, saw, like, saw some amazing shows and worked like six hours and made stupid money. Didn't save any of it, and then um, worked at some popular restaurants downtown and like near the Capitol and like Chinatown. Opened up Momofuku spot in City Center. Opened the first dis- distillery restaurant bar in Fourteenth Street and then Maidan was my last gig but um that was like to me like the cream of the crop <laughs> yeah. like the from like from like ownership to food to bar to ambiance um it was a middle eastern and north african restaurant mm-hmm. and everything was cooked over an open fire wow. so it was just fantastic and so that was amazing because not only was the cuisine so different and it was this elevated experience right it was family style which also dc wasn't used to like um especially in elevated restaurant experiences, it was always coursed meals, mm-hmm. right? Very mm-hmm. kind of like rigid and structured, but we wanted to kind of go against that Um, because, you know, a lot of other like uh non-Western cuisines are very communal. Yeah. So to like break bread and share bread, you know, and like pass around plates and have that, but in a curated elevated experience was amazing. But anyways, um so learning that it kind of, does, I think people, I'm going to be honest too, sometimes people don't care what they're eating or, or like drinking. Yeah. It's how you sell it, right? Yeah. It's like, what's the story? And so we would talk about the growers of the vineyard and we would talk about where it came from and what it meant and the sauces and like the ingredients. We worked with, you know, a local um, farmer who'd raised a goat specifically for our restaurant yeah. and we would butcher it every month and use every part. And so, I, I learned, like, camaraderie and just work ethic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and product, I mean, that's, in a lot of ways, it's product marketing, which is, mm-hmm. in a way, what you do now mm-hmm. with, like, copywriting and brand strategies, too, about, like, you're taking your product and dissecting different ways to, uh, to tell a story, and mm-hmm. that story is the hook for you know, eating at your restaurant or I guess using your technology or using your platform, whichever in, in a more of a tech centered way, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like um, if you could imagine like um different types of guests as different audience personas. Yeah. Right. What's the language, the tone that they how can I sell this bottle of wine yeah. to either a young couple or a family of four? Right. Mm-hmm. And so being able to um, because like work. I love the startup industry because it's like that energy is so contagious. Yeah. Everyone is ready like to like grind and hustle and just work. But then sometimes, most of the time, um, they just don't know how to tell their story yeah. or it's not reaching the right audience. Yeah. So you, being able to use my you know, skills from like being very concise as well and copy editing and writing and from journalism and asking the right questions, um, I have a lot of fun. Um, being able to do that for others. But I end up just reading, reading way more than I write, really, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because you're you're crafting narratives that I think if you're working with someone, especially in a freelance context too, you're trying to pull it basically out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you You need to know what they know in order to tell it in the way that they want to tell it. Mm-hmm. And then when sometimes they see it, it's like Okay, actually, that's not what we want to go with. It's so <laughs> yeah. it's it's a whole iterative process <laughs> mm-hmm. that I think you know we can relate this back to food, obviously. But I think in the startup environment and, and more in this tech scene, it really is just figuring out the ways that these almost like quotidian like activities, like getting food or just deciding what coffee you want to drink. Like you're saying, what what is this coffee? What's the story of this? Like, why should I as this you know, random person that walked in here by this and not that, Mm -hmm. that is essentially the very fundamentals of like, I think a startup, but Mm -hmm. you're, you're just seeing it in a different way. You're kind of seeing that more zoomed in version of like, this is something I can consume as opposed to this is something I can use to build, which is often what a tech Struggle yeah, those. that's
1: a great way to. Look
0: yeah, at I don't know. I I don't really know too much about. Stuff. <laughs> no, that
1: is beautiful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about um, your involvement in Act House. I've heard about it since the genesis of it, and so it's it's so exciting to hear um, all of the progress that's been made. But tell our Grow With Us listeners about the program.
1: Sure. So um, Act House just launched Act Tulsa, which is a six-month accelerated program for startups. Right. It started last. Last summer, um, Cohort 1 just had their demo day a couple of weeks ago, which is super exciting. Um, but for this program, um, they specifically want to bolster like Black and Latinx founders in Tulsa. You know, they came to Tulsa because there is a particular equity gap that they want to bridge. So I met the CEO and founder, Dominic Artis, um, in passing at 36 Degrees, right? And that's the beauty of that space. I just would see, uh, we would just, you know have conversations here and there I had no idea what he did for weeks until one day we're like what do you do it's, I don't know what do you do and then when we just began talking he's like oh we actually need a copywriter um that the following week it just happened that their team was in town like their designer developer and program coordinator so I sat down with the designer just to talk about what they needed And in essence, they were uh, like low key rebranding, right? Because the Act House started as an in house incubator in Florida, um, hosting hackathons and prototyping and just forming teams. So Act House, ACT is an acronym for ACT based on the mythology that every, that the core of every foundation, business, team, you need an architect, creative, and techie. So bringing that forth, they obviously COVID disrupted everything. So that's when they had to pivot. And so, it came here that kind of was a catalyst for act tulsa and even but then when i came on i think my main role which is i think the most exciting like thing that i have done here is being involved with the development of the act assessment so it's just you know uh like the enneagram for innovators and creators right so it's broken down into three main sections Um, discovering your archetype, whether you're, you know, archetype creative or techie, also realizing what your sub dominant is as well, along with, um, kind of unveiling your innovation mindset broken down into your appetite for risk, desire for reward and aptitude for responsibility, depending on those measurements, you know, if you lean more entrepreneurial or, or intrapreneurial. And then the last key part, which I think is the most pivotal, especially in this um, industry right now, is uh, like your team cohesion quotient. So it's like team, team fit, right? Um, and that is, again, segmented into communication, collaboration, and compromise. And so, like, the top three reasons why most startups fail is because you don't have the right team. Um, so we are trying to... Fix that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're. Tr- I mean, you're trying to fix kind of a lot of things with, it, it, you know, the entire mission of Act House Tulsa being this equity gap filler for um Black and Latinx, just people in Tulsa not having entrepreneurial space, mm-hmm. and in creating a space for entrepreneurs and those communities to start from. I, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but start from maybe zero, or start from an idea that you might not have ever let escape your mouth mm-hmm. and you have immediately have resources and you, from what you're developing, you're allowing people to, or with this ACT assessment, I also need to take this, by the way, because I'm not sure <gasps> yeah. if I'm like a generalist or what that means. Is mm-hmm. is there a generalist fit in, in this ACT type <laughs> of thing? You'll be surprised.
1: So um, low key, when, I, when we were taking it ourselves um, and this was kind of, and anomaly because we didn't even think about this mm-hmm. during our beta um development is that I scored equal parts on architect and creative, mm-hmm. right? So but but the whole essence is to capture your current state. Like we're not yeah. trying to tell you what you are, who you are. Forever. But, right. Because also people will change. Yeah. You're meant to evolve, right? But it's it's um like the hope is to provide you like the the language and power and knowledge. To mm-hmm. understand that to understand not where you are but where you could go yeah. and to give you um, and to be able to kind of like disrupt old mindsets and barriers right because yeah. like what's been really cool is that you know we will sometimes have people in a career that they've been 15 years and then they'll take this assessment and kind of giving them the back end analysis of like how they scored they realize that, and they realize, oh well, I've always wanted to do this, but mm-hmm. I never thought. It like I could. Why? Well, because of this, this, and like I, you know, grew up in you know an immigrant family. I didn't have the resources, but like today is also the best time—a new day—to like pursue anything. And so, um, that's been, yeah, I've I'm super excited about that. We're gonna roll the
0: beta out real soon. So exciting. Uh, well, I am in admiration of the work that you all do at Act House Tulsa and just Act Act House uh, specifically too. Like, I, I know that um, it, it feels like the ecosystem that I was exposed to right before I kind of started um, at, in Tulsa, like, really responded so well to the to Act House's presence mm-hmm. by the fact that I knew people from Thirty Six that were getting involved. I knew Atento founders that were getting involved in in kind of this. Uh, cohort one of the Mm -hmm. program and uh, they just had their demo day and i think seeing seeing the full vision i never doubted it at at any point along the way Mm -hmm. but seeing the the scale of what you can make someone's Mm -hmm. idea in Mm -hmm. such a short amount of time is huge
1: honestly demo day blew us all away like because i I also came in kind of halfway through and i um You know, being very honest, I told Tom this all the time. I felt a little bit separate because I was doing a lot of like work with Act House, and I didn't even really know what Act House it was until like um, halfway through the program. But do by watching the founders do their first initial pitches, and then having them like pitch to investors, local and global,
0: um,
1: in this crazy stealthy black box in the back of notion was super cool and yeah. the and like the production value everything about it was really great and the the whole thing is like um investing in black and Latin, latinx founders this isn't like a common dei yeah like you know like like clout Especially in the venture capital
0: space, mm -hmm. which, you know, when you're talking about funders for technology that you have to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, people don't realize that this is like you, the actual ROI, like this is a real investment. Mm -hmm. And with with Act House, I mean, this is, I think, just the first step, but Act House, like this is global, right? Like we we really believe in the power of like diversity, right? Like cross-cultural collaboration. There is you're guaranteed to create and build and just to like expedite innovation.
0: And it's just creating space for I mean, I, I know there's a specific focus on on black and Latinx founders, but it's creating space for identity groups that I think especially in Oklahoma, I have to kind of rep or not have to I get to I get to represent this kind of indigenous uh, perspective. And you know, and in entrepreneurial spaces, especially in Oklahoma, it feels like there isn't that. Mm. And this gives me hope that we're gonna we're gonna find an indigenous founder out there that's gonna want to get involved in this program. And I, I hope that they're listening now. <laughs> that yeah. like there's resources out there, and it's it's so cool to just know that it it really does take creating space. And I I think that that's what I've really taken from a lot of these programs starting is that. Once there's people putting in effort on behalf of other identities that might be different from their own, that's the equity that's going to create um, and catalyze change. So it's really, it's so exciting. I'm like, <laughs> I I love to hear any any news about it. To kind of wrap up here, Maria, tell me a little bit about um, anything that you'd like to plug. What, how would anyone get involved with or get in touch with you if you wanted them to? Or <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. um, I mean, anyone can reach me on LinkedIn. Name is Maria Kim. I don't know how many there are on LinkedIn, but you just find the one in Tulsa. I think I might be the only one in in Tulsa right now. And um, for any innovators and entrepreneurs out there, if you do want to get involved in our beta launch of the ACT assessment, if you go to um, our website, act.house, first off, it's a dope website. And if you want to read through and learn more about what, what we're doing and what's next. Um, definitely read the website and let me know if you have any questions or want to learn more. Happy to chat and connect. And uh, you, you can sign up for the deployment of the beta launch.
0: Thank you so much, Maria, for being on this episode of Grow With Us. For our listeners of Grow With Us, I'd like to plug a few resources that might be helpful for you. If you would like to stay in touch with all of our featured jobs and opportunities at Intulsa, then please join our talent network. You can join at talent.intulsa.com. That's talent.intulsa.com. By joining our talent network, you will get access to our newsletter where you can stay up to date with our latest career advice, featured opportunities within Tulsa partner companies, and our placement success stories. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. Huge thank you to our editors at Rant9 Studios and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us.